Today at Clearview Community Church, we are talking about the truth that Jesus is the solution to the problem of evil in the world. Through his words, his power, and his authority, evil has been dealt its final blow. It's been defeated, and you can live now in that truth. So welcome to Clearview Community Church Online. We are one church in four locations, Stainer, Cremor, Collingwood, and Wasaga Beach. If you'd like to join us at any of our locations for an in-person gathering, you can go to our website, clearviewcommunity.church, and you'll find all the details that you will need right there. Jesus. He's a solution to the presence of evil in the world. Now, when I say that, I have an underlying assumption that I'm guessing you might have, and, and here it is. Evil exists in this world today. It's not a radical thought. I see evil and I see its destructive effects that it holds in all kinds of hurts and, and pains and sicknesses and oppressions throughout human history. And to be honest, I've been a participant in it, and so have you. Now, maybe I, I step on your toes a bit there, but the truth is that you and I as humans have a tendency to operate out of selfish desire and ambition to, to act in ways that can harm people or participate in processes that oppress others. I'm not saying that you are evil, but the reality is that when we look at ourselves and our own personal histories and we are honest, I think you may see that the actions that could be categorized that way are sometimes found in our lives. And I don't want to come down hard on you today. That's not the point. Because on the flip side, I am confident that you listening today, you have experienced the effects of evil in the world on yourself. Someone has wronged you. Someone's cheated you. Someone physically hurt you. Maybe something's been stolen from you. So today we're looking at the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses 31 to 37. And in it, we get a glimpse of one of 21 miracle stories in the book of Luke. Jesus deals with evil and its effects on the regular. It's a part of his mission. Now, the book of Luke is uh, part one of two, with its sequel being the book of Acts. It's in your New Testament. And by the time you finish reading these two books, you are left with the distinct impression that Jesus not only deals with sin and evil in the world, but he is the solution to sin and evil in the world. So here are the verses that we're reading today, and I think after a few comments, you'll find that truth, the solution to evil in the world, is the words of Jesus, the power of Jesus, and the authority of Jesus. So here you go. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these? With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. When we read this story, we already know a few things. First of all, we know that this story caused Jesus trouble in his hometown. 
In verses 22 to 30 previously, the people of Nazareth know about the demon-possessed man being freed in Capernaum. And Jesus reads in Nazareth out of Isaiah, noting that his mission in the world includes these specific things. Proclaiming good news to the poor. Proclaiming freedom for the prisoner. Recovering sight for the blind. Setting the oppressed free. And proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Now, the problems of poverty, imprisonment, sickness, and oppression, they're all very real problems for those living in the early first century. For some people, it meant that to pray, give us our daily bread, was a reality. Food was insecure, poverty was rampant, and the powerful wielded their influence over the powerless on a regular basis. It was a tough and a cruel world that was nearly impossible to make progress in. And Jesus arrives and presents himself as the solution, that through him he will bring sustenance, filling needs, giving freedom and speaking for those who cannot. And the reality is that all of these are real-world physical problems. But at the same time, in the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, the author presents these problems in a dual way. These problems are both, at the same time, physical and spiritual. And Jesus is the one to bring salvation to the spiritual aspects of oppression and poverty. For those who are poor in spirit or oppressed because of righteousness, the Bible says that he will give them the kingdom of heaven. For those in the midst of conflict and seeking peace, they will be called children of God. There's a spiritual reality along the physical reality that Jesus comes to save. And so this is what we're looking at today. Jesus providing himself as the power and the solution to the spiritual evil in the world. Now there's three key words in this story that give us a clue as to what Jesus is doing and how he does it, and maybe more importantly, why he's doing it. So let's start at verse 32 and walk our way through this. It says, Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching, all because his words had authority. Jesus teaches the people in the synagogue. Now, we don't know what he necessarily says all the time, but we do know that it's powerful in Capernaum here. The people are amazed because his teaching had authority. So let's pause at this word, the word authority, that Jesus' words had authority. Something that might help you understand what is happening here is the understanding of that word authority in the context of teaching at a synagogue. Two things to note in the word. First, the, the Greek word we are given, it's a word exousia, and it means that someone possesses the right to do something. It communicates to us the presence of someone who has mastered the subject, who has expertise in it. Now, I've been doing a renovation on my house recently, and I've made it to the point of putting mud on the drywall and covering up the creases between the two multiple sheets of drywall. It becomes evident very very quickly that I am not a master of this task. Whereas I could hire someone who's done it for ages and they have the skills and they have the tools and they have the experience and the expertise and the proof is there immediately. This person is a master at this task. And now when Jesus is in the synagogue, people recognize that he's a master at what he's doing. So we see first with the word authority, Jesus is a master at showing people what it means to worship and to follow God. Now, the second thing to note with the use of this word authority is that it was incredibly uncommon for a teaching rabbi to use their own authority to teach about the scriptures. 
Instead, it is more common that the teaching rabbi would cite his sources, indicating that his comments are supported by previously established and well-respected rabbis. It's no different than when people have to write a paper for their school, and within that paper they have to cite anything that is claimed as fact. And when they do that, the writer of the paper doesn't use their own authority, but they borrow the authority of other previous established and respected teachers. And what we have here is that Jesus, he doesn't borrow any authority. He doesn't need it. He speaks from his own authority. For Jesus, it's his authority, not someone else's, that he operates on, meaning that he has authority over all things on earth and in the spiritual realm. So let's continue with the rest of the story, and we'll get to our other two key terms. In the synagogue, there is a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus says, be quiet, come out of him. And then the demon threw the man down before them and he came out without injuring him. And then it says, all the people were amazed and said to each other, what words are these? With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. There are two more key phrases that I think are important to note. Throughout the section we're looking at today, there's an emphasis on the things that Jesus says, his words. Within this uh, passage, uh, we see the words taught, teaching, words, orders, words again. And beyond that, Jesus tells the demon to be quiet or to stop talking. And then the news or the words spoken about Jesus is spreading. The words in this passage are incredibly active and become like a character in the narrative that you're looking at. Now, the word for teaching, it's a Greek word, didache, meaning uh, teaching or instruction of doctrine. And Jesus was telling and teaching people with his words what their faith truly meant. And then the Greek word, maybe you've heard of this one for the word word, is logos, which uh, you might be familiar with. It's often used to describe uh, words with a divine connection. So Jesus is teaching divine knowledge using divine words and communicating divine truth. And so we have the authority of Jesus and his words, and he's communicating the teaching of truth to people with his divine authority because he is a master of that divine truth. He's in full understanding and in the proper position as God in human flesh to communicate these words towards people. And then lastly, there's a word here that's used, power. The people were amazed. They said to each other, with what words these are with authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. The Greek word here for power is one of my favorites. It's dunamis. It's the root word for dynamite, which is where we think of explosiveness and incredible power or the ability or strength of an individual. These words or that person, they're not weak, but rather their power is large and miraculous and mighty. And the power of Jesus was, was to communicate through his words alongside his authority. Even in his words, his power over the demon is demonstrated. He simply speaks and the demon is silenced and then leaves the man. He doesn't have to lay a finger on the man, but he just uses his dynamic, powerful words. So I'll recap this picture and then I'll leave you with a few comments about why you might want to care about this story. Jesus, he, he speaks with words, divine truths to the people. 
And he speaks these words with authority. He is trustworthy to speak these divine truths because he is a master of them. Then lastly, the words spoken with authority have a dynamic power. Words and authority and power. So what do we do with this? I think when we look back to the mission that Jesus claimed upon himself earlier in Luke 4, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoner, to recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We remember that these tasks or these mission objectives, and and we see them in action within the story of the man possessed by a demon. When Jesus confronts the demon and frees the man, the man goes from prisoner to free, from spiritually sick to spiritual vitality, from being oppressed by evil to freedom in Christ. The mission of Jesus, it's demonstrated in a real and a tangible way. So here's what I'd like to propose. Evil in our world, it takes many different shapes and forms, and it's shown in oppression and poverty and sickness and injustice. It's shown in many different dehumanizing and destructive ways. But the solution to evil and its effects in the world, it's Jesus. It's his words, it's his power, and it's his authority. The evil we see and the evil we don't, it is confronted, it is defeated, it is destroyed in the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. And the beauty is that it's the physical evil in the world and its effects and and the spiritual both defeated. And on the cross, we get a picture of this battle being won. Jesus, in his innocence, offers his life for those who were not innocent. The most unjust and unfair deal of all. He gives his life of goodness and righteousness and offers it to those who have lived lives that included evil, like you and me. The reality is that we've made decisions of selfishness, of destructiveness and callousness. Decisions that have hurt people, that have been unloving and unjust to the people and to the world around us. And Jesus, in his grace and his love for us, offers to take the implications and the consequences of those decisions onto his shoulders. And in return, he offers us a way to experience a forgiven life, a free life. Life not as a prisoner or oppressed, but one of freedom, of hope, and of love. And so today, I encourage you to live in the simple truth that the solution to the evil in the world, it's not programmatic, it's not financial, it's not your government, or a fancy new way of thinking, or an attempt on your or my part to be more spiritual. The solution to evil in the world, it is the one who has the power and the authority to deal with it. The solution to evil in the world, it's Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have dealt with sin and evil in the world, and it's your power and your authority that does so. And Lord, we recognize that you make this promise to us that uh, in this world there will be trouble. There will be pain and and sickness and um, conflicts and hurts and injustice. But then you promised to take heart because you have overcome the world. You've defeated the evil in this world. And so, Lord, we lay the scenarios that we're living through at your feet, trusting that you are the master, that you have the expertise, you have the authority and the power to deal with every um, evil and implication of evil and consequence of evil in this world. Lord, we need you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.